Nerd Talk. Dork Talk. Real Talk. The coolest podcast ever. The Kenny Ho Show. It's showtime. I don't know the meaning of life, but this is what I live for. All things nerdy. What's up? How are ya? What are you up to? Are you taking in some tiff this weekend? If you answer yes, unless your answer is yes, I'm going to watch Tusk, the brand new Fat Kev Smith movie, you and I will probably not be friends. Here, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of cool people that go just to watch movies, but I don't know about you. But I just find something snobby about TIFF. I remember being in theater school and everybody would make this big deal about it. And some of them were being real snobs about it. They made it seem like anyone who didn't care about star sightings and volunteering, aka dealing with the rich and the white for free, were inferior. Stupid actors. But I digress. But either way, to each his own, just be cool. If your interests, that's great. Don't look down at others just because they don't feel the same way. And fingers crossed, I'll actually be able to go see Tusk. I hear really great things. What are you up to today? Besides listening to the coolest podcast ever. If you live in the city and you don't want to deal with the traffic that is caused by Tiff, you should stay in and watch some Dragon Ball GT. Then tweet me at the Kenny Ho Show and tell me... Oh wait, let me take a step back. You heard right. Small handle change. It's now at the Kenny Ho Show. Trying to get all the platforms to create one cohesive brand. But anyway, back on point. Yes, watch Dragon Ball GT, then tweet me, and tell me if you do think it's pretty crap. Now to be fair, I haven't seen the whole series. I've just seen the beginning, and it starts off pretty crap. I suspect it gets better. Because I know there's a super Android 17 arc. And the Android saga was pretty cool. And not crazy about Cell. But the Androids before him. For whatever reason, I have a particular soft spot for Android 19. It's like he's a friend of mine. And of course, GT is where Super Saiyan 4 happens. Not my favorite form. But it's cool that they changed up the blonde hair getting longer and longer and longer. To going with a more ape, aka Saiyan approach to it. But yes, it may get better later, but holy crap, the first three or four episodes are miserable. Like, Pan was adorable at the end of DBZ, but my goodness, is she ever annoying in this series. I just want to throw my shoe at the TV every time she comes on. Like, it's cute when you're a four-year-old and you cry a lot, but she's like a teen in this, and she's bawling over everything. That's just bad TV. And don't get me started about Goku getting turned into a child. That's a blatant cop-out to keep the show centered around him. Even though Gohan was supposed to take over at some point. Bare minimum, they should have let Goku go at the end of Dragon Ball Z. He was supposed to train Oob to fill in for him if anything ever happened. Now I'm not saying Oob should have taken over the show. In fact, he shouldn't have. But someone needed to. Someone needed to take over the show. Let Goku be a supporting character moving forward. And finally, how do you mess up Trunks? The most badass character in the lore is now a nerdy shell of a man. These peacetimes have made you soft like Bruce Wayne in The Dark Knight Rises. Dragon Ball GT really missed out on giving him the keys and having him run the show. Could you imagine a show about future Trunks? 
And could you imagine a show that features Future Trunks and Ultimate Gohan? That appeals to me a heck of a lot more than a show about a wussed out CEO business type Trunks with should not be there child Goku and whiny bitchy pan. Dragon Ball GT should have stood for Gohan and Trunks, not Goku transforms. Come on people. I'm not a big fan of reboots, but I'm down to reboot Dragon Ball GT. Gohan and Trunks. Hashtag Gohan and Trunks. Now let's move on before my nerd rage really sets in and really sandbags the show. The Kenny Ho Show, episode 28, will cover Arrow's big casting, Shazam, Supergirl, Hello Kitty, Mina Psycho Arigato, Kawaii. No, not you, Avril. Go back to nursing that geriatric. The Sims 4, and of course, a quick jab at Miley. It's showtime, let's go. Raz Al Ghul, the father of lesbian Al Ghul and Talia, has been name dropped for the past couple of years and was even teased from the neck down in a recent trailer. But now it's a sure thing that the demon himself is coming to Arrow as the iconic villain, Batman villain, is coming to a small screen near you. And no, it's not Liam Neeson, which is great because that wouldn't make sense. Dude is dead. And even if he wasn't, this is a completely different verse. If you're not gonna connect Arrow to the new movie verse, why in the world would you connect it to the old movie verse? Unless they're two separate movie verses. Meaning someday Christian Bale will come back and play Batman. If that's the case, I'm all for this. But chances of that happening are slimmer than my chances with Tiffany Alvord. Which with each passing day is less and less. Relatively unknown Australian actor Matt Nabel will appear in episode 4 of the new season. I don't know this guy. Apparently he was in Riddick, and I never saw that. But it looks gruff, with enough elegance and charm, at least just physically, that could be used to make him an unforgettable character. If he's got the chops, if they've got the right writing, and the right direction, which I know they will, this is gonna be good. We needed someone who fit the caliber and description that I just said in order to top Slide Wilson. Manu Bennett was incredible. And he made season two unforgettable. Hopefully, if we're lucky, Matt Nabel is going to take this show to the next level. And being an unknown is the way to go. There's no baggage, no expectations, and you have that element of surprise. Like, I know Manu Bennett was in a whole bunch of stuff before this show, but he's not Liam Neeson. So he was able to come on, do his thing, kick some ass and take some names, and be one of the coolest TV villains I've ever seen. And none of us saw it coming. Even though there are expectations for Mr. Nabel to follow up now, I think at the end of the day, nobody really knows what he's going to bring to the table, and I hope he brings something amazing. And as for his role on the show, I hope he is the big boss down the road. For this season, he's just introduced, he shows just how much of a badass he is, he shows just how feared he ought to be, and shows how much of a challenge he is going to be to Ollie, but he does so by just pulling the strings. And maybe have one fight where he doesn't even break a sweat and beating the crap out of Ollie, but I don't want him to be beaten this season. Because you don't get bigger than Ra's al Ghul. And where do you go from here? You can't bring in Apocalypse. I don't know, maybe Lex Luthor, but come on. Unless Matt Nabel sucks, have him be the puppet master for a couple of seasons, just like Thanos in the Guardians and Avengers world, and have him to be the guy 
that Ollie has to beat in the final season of the show, which hopefully is season 10. As I said, unless he sucks, then you kill him and make Talia the leader of the League of Assassins. And I wouldn't mind seeing some more lesbian Al Ghul making out with Katie Lotz. What up? If you smell what Black Adam is cooking, The Rock has made up his mind after teasing. Just say the word. He has chosen to play a villain and not Shazam in the Shazam movie. Good call. Bloody guy is in everything, including being WWE champ again. What was that, like a year or two ago? And he has to mix up his roles. Buddy was getting close to screen and hero fatigue. Now he's getting up there in age, so he's got to make his money now. What's the saying? Work the iron while the fire's hot or whatever. So there's not much he can do about screen fatigue, but he can certainly help his case for hero fatigue, doing so by playing a villain. Granted, Black Adam might not be a full-out bad guy, because apparently in the new 52, he's just some misunderstood anti-hero type, which makes this casting make a lot of sense because The Rock is super likable. Even when he was a heel in wrestling, he was cheered. He did everything he could to get booed, but nobody would do it because he's got natural charisma and it's hard not to like him. I'm excited to see this. It's a ballsy move. This is not an A-tier superhero. And we all know what happened the last time WB put out a non-Superman and Batman movie. We got Green Lantern by Ryan Reynolds. But then again, this movie isn't WB. I think it's New Line Cinema that got it. They'll be producing and I guess WB will be distributing. So either New Line got contracted to do this or they had the rights once upon a time and it's still with them. And they're opting to do it now. And they said they're going to go for a more lighthearted tone than the Batman versus Superman movie, which makes sense. Because at the end of the day, Shazam is some kid, Billy Batson or whatever, fulfilling his dream of becoming a superhero all at the drop of a word. Shazam. So he's literally a kid in a man's body. So yeah, I guess you gotta have to go with this lighthearted tone. But what upsets me is this may not connect to the Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice universe with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and all the other cameo superheroes are making in that movie. Come on, guys. First of all, you're way behind Marvel in this connected universe game. You could have been ahead by connecting the TV shows, your smash hit TV shows, which in my opinion is far better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I can live with that. I see where you're coming from, but come on, this is The Rock. This guy sells tickets. This is stupid not to have him be a part of your future Justice League movies. He alone will draw mega bucks to your company. We all know the bottom line is huge at the end of the day. Just ask EA and Square Enix. Those bastards. And you know my dislike for Ben Affleck. You put the rock in a Justice League movie, it'd be very hard for me not to show up and have a smile on my face. If it ends up that Shazam isn't part of this universe, someone needs to get Rudy Poo candy ass checked into the smackdown hotel i'm curious to see who plays shazam i don't know any kid actors turns out that dude from the sixth sense grew up into a very very awkward man by the way but he's no longer a kid but whoever it is i mean they made a good casting with the rock i'm sure they'll bring in someone cool it better not be jaden smith though oh my goodness First of all, he's like 20. Secondly, he's a douchebag. Do not cast him or I will pass on this movie. Supergirl may be coming to the small screen in the near future. Word is Arrow producer Greg Berlanti 
is leading the charge in creating a Supergirl show and it's already being shopped to TV outlets. The CW, of course, would make the most sense. We know the ties of Berlanti to that station, with, of course, Arrow and The Flash. And I hope this is the case. I hope CW gets the show because it would automatically connect Supergirl to these two other superheroes and forming, like, a TV Justice League. That would be awesome. There's no Batman, but there's Arrow. There's no Superman, but there's Supergirl. There's no Wonder Woman, but there's this emo Flash. Constantine and Gotham are not connected because they're on different networks. So if Supergirl goes anywhere else other than CW, this TV vs. Justice League isn't gonna happen. I hope that's not the case. My hopes are for this show to be very Smallville-esque. You know, Smallville is arguably the best, the greatest superhero show ever done, with Arrow quickly gaining grounds, and maybe in many people's books have already caught up and surpassed what that amazing 10-year show did. But either way, if Supergirl can be at least Smallville, I've got something to live for for the next 10 years. I think Flash is going to be far more lighthearted than Arrow. From everything I've seen so far, that's going to be the case. But I want to go even further than that. I don't want to bring that Smallville. Everything well-lit, high moral grounds, operates during the day type of show to come back in the form of Supergirl. And on that show, I would like them to invent a permanent boyfriend or a girlfriend for Kara Zor-El. I don't want these drama triangles. They had that on Smallville. And they even have that on Arrow. Don't even get me started about the Vampire Diaries. I want a cute show. I want to believe in humanity again. I'm on Tinder. I'm on Plenty of Fish. I'm starting to hate people. Smallville and Superman did that for me a decade ago. Made me believe in humanity. Made me see the good in everybody. For better or worse, it did that for me. And I hope Supergirl could bring me right back there. And bring a whole new generation of young people there. We're living in a jaded world, and rightfully so, but come on, television, do your job and inspire. But falling short of that, please, cast a babe, put her in a real short skirt, and I don't mind if she has big bazooms, that would be bonus. Laura Vandervoort did a great job in Smallville. She looked the part, had an innocence to her, as well as this fierce fighter's confidence you'd expect from Supergirl. And I know a few years back there was a rumor that the love of my life, Hilary Duff, was going to star in a Supergirl movie. Haven't you heard? Goodness, that would have been fantastic. The Duff and Supergirl, I would never die. Because even when my body wants to quit, I would pop in the Blu-ray and I would overcome death itself. Hello Kitty is not a cat. What the hell? When I saw the article title, I thought it was a joke. But then I saw a few sources that posted the same thing. So I thought, well, if she's not a cat. What is she? Like an, I thought they meant like she's like an alien or a bug. Or a mutant cat. Which might be badass, by the way. Spin it off, mutant cat. Mighty Morphin, hello, mutant kitty. I thought I'd read she was a girl. I'm like, like a human girl? That's one off-putting looking bitch. Turns out, it was nothing more than just wording. And somebody's viewpoint on what Hello Kitty means to him. Yes, the creator of the multi-million, probably even billion dollar selling cat just meant Hello Kitty is an idol. Well, like an archangel or something? I don't even know what he's really getting at. An anthropomorphic cat. She's the personification of a cat. Man, what the hell are you talking about? You're behaving like Avril's geriatric. Dude compares Hello Kitty to Kiro 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 P. 
a frog. And he says, yes, Kirupi is a frog. Somehow, he's a frog, yet Hello Kitty is no cat. And then he threw in there that Mickey Mouse is not a mouse. Frack you, dude. What the hell? Why are you screwing with my head? Listen, they may not look like a household pet or a sewer rodent, but Hello Kitty is a cat and Mickey Mouse is a mouse. I'm a human and Tiffany Alvord is a babe. The Cash Cow 4, aka The Sims 4 has dropped. Now I've not played it, nor will I play it for a while. I thought about pre-ordering this sucker when I saw the first bits of this game being released. And then they got rid of toddlers and pools. Really? Pools? And now it turns out cars are gone too. Really? I gotta say I'm not totally surprised. It's EA. Well, joking that at some point, you know, doors and windows would be DLC. Man, cars have been around for a while. At this rate, all the skeptics may be right. But to be fair, everything I've read so far about this game is that it's good. But so barren, it's clearly built for expansions, and I am sick of this. At this point, they should make games that have more content and not less than its predecessors. Like weather? Weather should be a given at this point. The first game needed expansions because it was a new game, and as it gained popularity, and therefore funding, and new ideas needed to expand. That makes sense. People wanted more Sims, therefore expansions were needed. Boom! Expand! Sims 2, again, introduced lots of new elements and ideas to the franchise. Expansions made sense. Boom! Expand! But by the time Sims 3 showed up, the formula had been perfected. Weather, university, nightlife, and the list goes on and on. They were already in place. Yet, Sims 3 was the most barren-ass game hell that I've ever played. Where none of the amazing additions I paid hundreds of dollars for were around anymore. And required me to rebuy lesser versions of them again. Why do I say lesser versions? Well, come on. University in 2 was better than in 3. Just to name one example. And then you throw in those special editions and stuff packs. Oh, bloody stuff packs. It was clear what EA was doing. They were milking this cow dry and pissing off their fan base while doing it. And I thought they had learned, they had caught on, that people weren't just gonna buy their crap just because it was Sims. I'd hope that with Max's back in the mix, Sims 4 would be a full game experience. That's they would have most of the things that people expected from the fourth iteration of a game. But nope. Instead, it's more barren than three. They've gone in the opposite direction. You sons of bitches. Dear EA, I hate you. If you were a person, I'd punch you in the face. Now, to be fair, I can't say I won't buy this game because I lead a lonely existence and The Sims is my escape from my sad reality. So yes, I will probably buy this game, but certainly not for 70 bucks plus a million expansions, and neither should you. Show EA they need to knock it off with this crap. Times are hard for everyone. Don't be so greedy. Make a smaller profit, clean up your reputation, share some joy in the world, and then at the end of the day when we're all back on our feet, we're gonna keep buying your stuff because you were cool when we were down, and you will never be in the red again. Miley Cyrus posted a pic of some small injury on her elbow, which also has her boobies in the background. Now I'm far more intrigued by the injury, of course. Miley, who the hell cares about her boobies? Victoria Justice, on the other hand, yowzas. Girl, I didn't know you looked like that under there. I mean, I'm not condoning you view those images. They're not wholesome, 
They're bad for your soul, and it was against their consent, so you will go to hell, where we will have a party full of boobies and video games. Yes! Back on point. So yeah, this, this injury to Miley looks like she got bit by a vampire, or more likely some rabid man whore she picked up on the street. Probably that hobo buddy of hers. But crap, if it's a vampire, that means this bitch lives on forever. Oh, Miley. But here's the thing with her being a vampire. If she's a vampire, then she's eternal. Then she'll live on forever. Twerking forever. Haunting you in your dreams, and your children's dreams, and your grandchildren's dreams. But then again, the positive is, I will always have material for the podcast. But seriously, though? I hope those aren't vampire bites, but whoever bit her is carrying the T-Virus. OMG! Could you imagine? Little Resident Evil? Little zombie apocalypse? And hopefully it gets contained, it gets raccoon cityed. Because I have no interest in fighting zombies myself. Might be a fun thought, but let's face it, I'm not a survivor. The second they announce on the radio that the T-Virus has broken out in Toronto, I'm jumping. I'm jumping off something, but with my luck, 30 seconds later, they'll announce they found a cure and there's nothing to worry about. Balls. Alright, that's it. Episode 28 of The Kenny Ho Show is in the books. Thank you for listening. Until next time, Lindsay Fonseca, I hope you're listening, and I hope you're impressed. Toodles!